0: Here's the thing about courage. You only need it when you're afraid. You only need it when there's something to fear. It was Franklin D. Roosevelt who said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the assessment that something is more important than fear. I think I know where he might have heard that first. After all, it was his wife, Eleanor, who said, do one thing every day that scares you. I say, Game on. You ever been afraid to take a a big step of courage, but you did it anyway? Now I'm not talking about like trying a new food, but students, I'm talking about that one time that you went to that brand new school and you did not know a soul. I'm talking about that one time that no one would stand up for the kid that was being picked on, but you did. And maybe you grew up and and, and you went to that interview, that next job interview, hoping that this would be the one, this would be the job that would provide for your family. Or maybe it was that time that you led your family or your company through a pandemic. There was nothing that could prepare you for the moment. But in that moment, you took a step of courage and you found that you were more capable of anything that you ever imagined. You marched right through the fire of fear. And that's what living courageously is about. It's not about being fearless. It's just that there's something that's more important. And let's be clear, courage is not just about what you do. Biblically speaking, courage is about who is in you. And if who is in you is Jesus, the most courageous man to ever walk this planet, and he's in you, then buckle up. This is the kind of Holy Spirit-fueled courage that we see dripping off of every page in the book of Acts. But as we wrap up this series today, we're gonna be looking at the last few chapters of Acts. We find Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's been visiting these new church plants and he's headed to Jerusalem. But before he gets there, he stops to meet with the Ephesian elders. Why? To say goodbye. Acts chapter 20 beginning in verse 22. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom, will ever see me again. Skipping down to verse 36. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. They tried to talk him out of it. They said, don't go to Jerusalem. Later on, before Paul would get to Jerusalem, he would stop yet again in Caesarea. There they would run into this prophet named Agabus, and Agabus would make make this dramatic gesture. He would take Paul's belt and bind himself up, and he would say, this is what's gonna happen to the owner of this belt in Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but that would unsettle me a bit. But not Paul. I want you to look at his response. Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. After this, we started on our way up to Jerusalem. When he would not be dissuaded, we gave up. By the way, this is Luke who's writing this. When you see we, that's Luke writing. And he's saying the Ephesian elders, the Caesareans, Luke, none of them could stop Paul from going forward with the step of courage that God was calling him to. And you know what? The prophecies, they were right. Paul would go to Jerusalem. He would be wrongfully accused. He would be bound up. He would be imprisoned. He would be passed around from court to court, trial to trial. Is any of this sounding familiar? It does if you know the story of Jesus. You see, just like Jesus, right there in Jerusalem, Paul is treated the same way. As Luke writes, he's making a point that I don't want us to miss. When you give your life to Jesus, your life will begin to look like His. But Paul counted it like a badge of honor to go into the same place, into Jerusalem, and to suffer as Jesus suffered. nothing would stop him. It wasn't that he wasn't afraid. It's just that he wanted something more. He wanted Jesus because it was Jesus who Paul met on the road to Damascus. Paul literally saw the light and he never saw the world the same way. Jesus changed everything for him. Paul saw him that day. And you know what else? In Acts chapter 23 we see that Paul saw Jesus in his prison cell. Look at what Jesus says to him. Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. Paul would do just that. He would take courage and he would take off to Rome. And while he was there, we're seeing this in Acts chapter 26. Paul comes before King Agrippa. King Agrippa basically gives Paul the floor. He says, Paul, here's the mic. Tell us about yourself. Paul begins to tell a story about he was once taking life instead of giving life. But something had changed in him, and he began to tell the story of how he had met Jesus and how he had begun to believe that God had raised his son Jesus from the dead and that that changed everything for him. Listen to this from the message. Who are you, Master? The voice answered, I am Jesus, the one you're hunting down like an animal. But now, up on your feet, I have a job for you. I've handpicked you to be a servant and witness to what's happened today and to what I'm going to show you. Now, I want you to hear these next words, not just as they're spoken to Paul that day, but as if Jesus were speaking these words to you. I'm sending you off to open the eyes of the outsiders so they can see the difference between dark and light and choose light. See the difference between Satan and God, and choose God. I'm sending you off to present my offer of sins forgiven and a place in the family, inviting them into the company of those who begin real living by believing in me." So what about you? How would you, better yet, how do you respond to those words? Well, take a look at the way Paul responds. He says, What could I do, King Agrippa? I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that. I became an obedient believer on the spot. I started preaching this life change, this radical turn to God and everything it meant in everyday life right there in Damascus, went on to Jerusalem and the surrounding countryside from there to the whole world. If you've never received Jesus, you can do the same just like Paul you can believe on the spot and become obedient to God you know at Oak Hills Church we envision a community of disciples courageously engaging culture as we share the hope of Jesus where we live work learn and play I have to tell you that's a vision like Paul said I couldn't just walk away from a vision like that how about you Maybe there's a a step of courage that God is calling you to. I don't know, for for you, maybe it's setting boundaries for your kids that may even buck against the culture. Maybe it's setting worship, weekly worship, as a priority for your family right now. Maybe it's a decision that you need to make with your finances to put God first in those. Maybe, Maybe even in the face of an impending layoff. Maybe for you, It's taking that step and asking someone for forgiveness. That is a step of courage. What might that step of courage be for you? God's beauty up here. I have never seen it like this. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Was there risk involved? Yes. Was there fear involved? (laughs) Yes. But fear's not always a bad thing. It was fear that caused me to listen very closely to the instructions just a moment ago. It's when fear begins to overcome us that we lose sight of the vision and we miss out on the mission that God has called us to. We lose sight of the freedom and the hope in Jesus. Are you ready to take that step of courage? Maybe you've never received Jesus or maybe you've just resisted the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. Maybe you've played it safe. Maybe you've sought out comfort and convenience. Maybe you've not shared your faith because maybe you're worried about what you would say. It is gonna take courage. It is gonna take supernatural courage. But Jesus wants more for you. Once he took cowards and he made them courageous. Once he took fearful hearts and he changed the world. And he still does. As we wrap up this series on the book of Acts, I'm so thankful that those disciples did not let fear overcome them. I'm so thankful they did not lose sight of the vision, that they did not miss out on the mission that God called them to. That promise back in Acts 1:8, it came true to the ends of the earth and it's still coming true because the story continues through you and through me. You see, it is your courage and it is your resolve to continue to spread the gospel of Jesus. Will you live courageously? Don't settle for comfort and convenience, for for living for yourself and, and for living within your own strength. Don't you want more? Jesus wants more for you because he knows what you and the Holy Spirit are capable of. Will you join me one last time in this declaration of courage? I am called to courage. The Holy Spirit makes me strong. My God is with me wherever I go. I will be brave. I will not be afraid. I will live courageously. And the whole church said, Amen.